Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show with William Kramer and my co-host Aaron Bontrager. Today we will recap high school football week two and preview week three. Reveal our college football top five and top five Northern games we are most looking forward to watching. Let's start off our recaps here with Concord beating Jimtown at Sharp Stadium 14-0. You know, Aaron, this game was tied midway in the third quarter until Concord's quarterback Hudson Glance hit Michael Campanello on a slant pass for 64 yards for a touchdown. Concord later added the rushing touchdown for the final score. Jimtown finished with 135 yards rushing. Total offense in six first downs. Yeah, we knew going into the season that the Jimmies, with all the new faces, could be staring at a 0 on 2 start like last year. And that's when the Jimmies went on a 9 1 run after that 0 on 2 start. But this year feels a little bit different. Jimtown's offensive line is young and experienced. The defense has quite honestly been what kept Jimtown in games so, so far. Uh, the running game needs to get going if the Jimmies want to turn this around, and I do believe that will be the case. It's still early in the season. Jimtown's schedule the rest of the way is manageable. It's not time to panic. However, winning nine games like last year might prove to be harder this year. Fairfield beat South Bend Adams 24-14, coming from behind once again. How about that, Aaron? Back-to-back wins against two 5A schools. Yeah, Adams was up 6 to nothing and threatening to score in the second quarter, but turned the ball over on downs. Fairfield scored 10 quick points before half and added two late touchdowns to secure the road win at TCU School Field. You know, this was a big hurdle for Fairfield to clear. Big win for the Falcons. Okay, let's move on to John Glenn and Riley. Coach Barron gets his second win as the John Glenn head coach, beating Riley 38-24. Tyron Larkin, their star player, had a big game for the Falcons. Yes, he did. Tyron had 126 yards rushing, including a 44-yard touchdown. He also scored on a pick six on defense. So John Glenn's defense, especially the secondary, shut down Riley's passing game that last week did damage to Gary West. Yeah, Riley was held to 35 yards passing. Big reason why they were able to get the W. Let's move on to Mishawaka Marion and Culver Academy. The Knights beat the Eagles 21-3. to Marion racked up 147 yards rushing. They had three touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns, and 109 yards passing. Quarterback Bryce Lassane was effective through the air, connecting on 10 of his 15 passes, and also scored a rushing touchdown. Leo Pino uh, seat and Aiden Kelly each punched in a rushing touchdown as well. Yeah, Marion's defense forced two turnovers and a solid team effort. And we move on to Northridge at Elkhart. The Lions got the win 28-7. Coach St. Louis gets his second win of, in his uh, tenure. And this win was led by 
Elias Leonard's three rushing touchdowns and another by Gavin Hauser. The Raiders would start the game by forcing the Lions on a three and out and then would, f- and then would score first on a 17-yard pass play midway through the first, but it was all Lions on the scoreboard the rest of the way. The Raider offense couldn't finish off drives like against Adams. They had some mental breakdowns when they were kind of driving um, when they were trying to get back in the game, but the Lions' defense did a great job holding the Raiders to only one score. Elkhart improved on offense from week one and was able to finish off drives. Look out, NIC. Yeah, you know, this was a solid win for Elkhart, a team that is right in front of my eyes, steadily growing more confident by each game. Next game, uh, New Prairie at Goshen. So the New Prairie pulled out the win, 33-14. to However, Goshen did jump out early to a 7 nothing lead in the second quarter on a Drew Elliott one-yard touchdown run. They also held New Prairie to only 70, 79 yards of total offense in the first half. It appeared that Goshen might be able to pull the upset, but turnovers really cost Goshen in this game. The Cougars would score a quick 14 points in the third quarter. Then the very next Red Hawk snap was recovered in the end zone by New Prairie's Ortman, making it a 13-7 lead. The turnovers would continue as one of their cornerbacks, Burnett, would pick off Red Hawks quarterback Brian, or not Brian, Quinn Bechtel's pass, and he would return it to the Red Hawks' six-yard line. And then New Prairie would eventually score from the two-yard line, and they would make it a 21-7 lead. Goshen would answer back in the third to cut it to 21 to 14, but after that it was all Cougars who kind of took away or took control of the game in the fourth with two more touchdowns. Interesting stat in the Goshen news. Goshen is currently outscoring opponents 21-0 in the first half, but are being outscored 55-13 in the second half and extra time. Pretty telling stat. I think it pretty much sums up why Goshen's at 0-2. But on the positive, they did make New Prairie work to get a win. Yes, indeed, they did. I agree. You know, you have to tip your hat off to Goshen for the way they battle against New Prairie. They didn't give up. They didn't give in. They easily could have. You know, if they can play clean football and, and not make those mistakes and put four quarters together, you know, this is a ball club that can be a tough team to play. Yeah, now we move to East Noble at Northwood. Um, the Panthers get a big win, 35-14. to 14. Saw some pretty explosive plays. A huge 80-yard touchdown on a kick return by Nytyron Tuggle in the third quarter. Came just at the right time, just after East Noble took the lead at 14-13. to 13. An impressive win by Northwood. You know, East Noble is only three years removed from that state championship run. So these seniors were freshmen at that time and have won two sectionals in their bag. Uh, and, yes, this uh, for Northwood, a solid win indeed. And Tuggle also threw a 49-yard touchdown pass to J.J. Payne in the second quarter. Ethan Evers had another rushing touchdown early in the fourth. And they put up another 30-plus points in Week 2. Defense played solid as well, forcing three turnovers. A defense that was led by Luke Miller, who recovered a fumble and had an interception late in the fourth to kind of seal the win. 
they appear to be rolling early with NLC playing beginning this Friday. Next up, we had Chesterton at Warsaw, and the Tigers won 24-7. The Trojans would open up with an early lead, 7-3 at half, but the Tigers' defense fueled them to a victory. Uh, key, um, key plays in the game was an in- incomplete pass from the Trojans early in the fourth, kind of shifted momentum to the Tigers. On that next drive, quarterback Grady Nolan found Russ Winchester through the air for a score. And Nolan is playing for injured starter Tucker Curtis. Chesterton would also play a little chest and would insert their throwing QB, which provided a little hope when he completed a few passes in the fourth. However, Nick Kateris intercepted a pass and went 32 yards for the pick six. This was a huge play that kind of sealed the win with only a couple minutes left in the game. You know, it's nice to win one of these tight, close games. I know the final score may not indicate it, but it was a close game for a while because it does provide a sense of a confidence boost to the players, coaches, the the program in general, Uh, especially when you're talking uh, about a team like Chesterton, who's a quality opponent. Yeah, no, no doubt. Bryson Brown led the Tigers in rushing with 103 yards, and Flores Ortega added another 83 yards. Uh, Warsaw outgained Chesterton 209-254 in total yards. All right, now we turn to Week 3 previews. First up in the NLC, we have Concord at, or Concord at 1-1 at Northwood, who's 2-0. The Minutemen are proving after their first week lost Elkhart. They were able to get two scores in week two. Northwood is coming in with more firepower offensively. The Panthers should be able to move the ball and score. Concord's problem will be can they score enough to keep it close in the second half. I like the Panthers to take control in the second half. I see them opening up 1-0 in NLC play and staying undefeated at 3-0 overall. Our good friend Chuck Freeby uh, got a Say a, a shout out to him. Uh, this is the game of the week for Channel Forty Six and a big NLC showdown. And another uh, game is Northridge one and one at Mishawaka two and zero. Mishawaka looks solid and playing up to their expectations earlier this season. Northridge has yet to look good in this football series with Mishawaka winning the first two NLC meetings. I think Northridge will have to possess the football and cap off drives with touchdowns to even hang with the Cavemen. Tough task against a team in Mishawaka that is excellent in controlling the game and running it at you. The Cavemen will get the win. Yeah, this is a tough stretch for Northridge. I mean, you think last week, a very tough Elkhart team. Uh, This week, they have a physical Mishawaka squad. And then next week they host an explosive Northwood uh, team. So uh, this is just a tough stretch for the Raiders. Next up is Goshen at Wallace C, both looking for their first win. Both teams have had some good moments early on. Goshen has played well in the first halves of each game, like we mentioned earlier. They just haven't put together a full game yet. Wallace C had some moments against West Noble last week. They scored 24 and gave up 35 points in a loss. This is an important game for both programs. I don't have a strong read on this one. 
I think I would take Goshen as a slight edge, even with being the road team. You know, Aaron, this is an interesting stat. The combined opponent record between both Goshen and Wawasee is 8-0. and Now, many would argue that Goshen has played a tougher schedule so far. I would agree. Uh, you would probably agree, too. Uh, regardless, someone is going to get their first win of the season. Yeah, it should make one fan base pretty happy this week. Next up, we have 0-2 Plymouth at Warsaw, who's 2-0. Warsaw will get to develop more confidence in their current starter quarterback, starting quarterback grading Nolan while they wait for Tucker Curtis's return. Warsaw's on a clearly different trajectory than the Rockies. The Rockies are in year one of a real rebuild under Coach Hanley. The Tigers are physical up front and on both sides of the ball. I look for Coach Curtis to have Warsaw ready and to win easily to open up their NLC play. Let's move on to Lavelle 2-0 at Pioneer 1-1. This will be Lavelle's first test of the season. This game may decide who wins the Hoosier North Conference. Lavelle's defense needs to limit Ryland Toloza, who rushed for 175 yards and four touchdowns last week against Winnemac. Pioneer runs the wing T offense, so the Lancers need to be disciplined in their gaps and limit big plays. Lavelle has their own star running back in Paul DeWitt. Quarterback Lucas Plummer will need to have a big game as well, using his legs and completing a few passes through the air to keep the defense honest. Aaron, I'm picking Lavelle to beat Pioneer for this huge conference road win. St. Joe, 1-1 one one at John Glenn, who is 2-0. Oh. You know, in the past 30 years, John Glenn has started this season 2-0 oh, just three times, only to lose in week three to guess who, the South Bend St. Joe Indians. In order to beat St. Joe, it's going to take a total team effort. John Glenn needs to get their star playmaker Tyron Larkin going early and often. And defensively, they have to limit St. Joe's quarterback uh, Ortiz's passing. I think we both agree St. Joe has the edge on the line of scrimmage and skill positions. Yes, I agree. As Coach Downey said last week, it's a process and St. Joe is improving. So I have St. Joe beating John Glenn by uh, perhaps a score or two in this uh, NIC battle. New Prairie 2-0 at Lowell 1-1. The Lowell Red Devils beat Laporte Slicers 21-14 last week. New Prairie already beat the Slicers 35-0 in week one. These are two teams that are similar in what they do, which is run the ball. New Prairie has a better roster on paper and should be favored. New Prairie did not play well last week, Aaron, as you mentioned at Goshen. I see them cleaning things up during practice this week um, and, and playing a much better ball game, beating a solid low team. 
Indianapolis Cathedral one and one at Penn two and zero. Oh. Last week, the Fighting Irish lost to Brownsburg in a battle of six A top ten Titans. Cathedral averages two hundred thirty eight yards passing and one hundred forty one yards rushing. Now, in order to match Penn's best start since two thousand sixteen. They will need to play a perfect football game in all phases of the game. No self-inflicting wounds. Yeah, Penn has an opportunity to showcase to the state of Indiana, and in particular the Indy area, that football in the north is a tough brand of football too. Agree, which is why losing badly would only add fuel to that fire. I don't think Penn has the roster to beat Cathedral. Penn would have to play out of their mind, combined with Cathedral playing their worst game of the season for Penn to win. You know, success to me is losing a closer than expected football game in a competitive and clean way would do more good to that perception, Aaron, that you just alluded to earlier. We are going to go on a short break, and when we return, Aaron and I will reveal our college football top five. You can listen to the Will and Aaron Show podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube and like our videos. Follow us on Twitter at Will Aaron Show. You can follow the Will and Aaron Show Facebook page where you can interact by commenting, liking, sharing, and reviewing our podcast. Welcome back to the Will and Aaron Show where we talk local, college, and pro sports. Okay, Will, it's time to reveal our college football top five. Ooh, let's do it. Come on, let's do it. Number five, I put Utah. I feel like there's a drop-off after the top four, and I don't know. I feel like someone out on the West Coast will make it in the top five. Utah has a strong case. Their defense was the best in the Pac-12 last year when they were leading a lot of major categories. I know that's not saying a lot, it's Pac-12, but they do have the guys up front on both sides of the ball. They have a couple of big-time players on the backfield with running back Tavion Thomas. He had a 1,000-yard season last year. Also, quarterback Cameron Rising. He completed 64% of his passes and had 20 touchdowns a year ago. Dare I say the Utes could be rising. They are not scared of anyone. Coach Whittingham has built a great culture that may break through this year. He has coached there for 18 years. 15 of those years ended with the bowl game. And they almost beat Ohio State last year in the Rose Bowl. I'm sure Ohio State had some players that skipped that game but I think the youths have potential to end up in this in this spot or possibly crack into the playoff all right number four Clemson a lot of or some college football experts believe their front four could be the best unit in college football I think coach Dabo is hungry to prove that he's still a top coach in the game I look for their offense to take a huge step up from last year and a lot of I don't know I feel like there might not be as much buzz around this team. It could be a scary team again that fans might have kind of overlooked. Coming in number three, the return the the Georgia Bulldogs. They're on a roll. Still have some NFL talent on both sides of the ball. 
They're steady at quarterback with Bennett. And I may be the best tight end in Brock Bowers. I know ND fans, Notre Dame fans may disagree. I may say Mayer holds that spot. Number two, Ohio State. They have the, the most explosive offense on paper. They have three potential Heisman winners. And quarterback C.J. Stroud, not to mention other impact players and wideout Jackson Smith Ninjaba. Ninjaba. And running back Travion Henderson. If this were the 90s, maybe they would have a shot at the Heisman as well. Aaron, I wonder who could be your number one. Just curious. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, it has to be Alabama. I mean, Heisman returner at quarterback, Phenom, edge rusher. And Will Anderson, who led college football in sacks, quarterback hurries, and total pressures. And they also used the transfer portal to fill the gaps they had. They added a 1,000-yard rusher from Pitt. Uh, They added Georgia's best wide receiver, a speedy one from Louisville, a starting offensive tackle from Vandy, and a lot of people liken the addition of an injured LSU cornerback that transferred over but i will say i mean rapper drake may have put a curse on this team by rocking some roll tide gear on instagram i don't believe in the drake curse so i still have coach saban's team at the top okay there you go there's aaron's top five college football teams capped off with of course the crimson tide at number one for him let's take a look at my college Top uh, college football top five, starting with number five, Clemson Tigers. Returning healthy player to an elite defensive front and getting better play from quarterback DJ Uigalea could put the Tigers back in the top four. Number four, the Oklahoma Sooners. Boomer Sooner, yes. A new look program all around. I like Coach Venable's defensive background. Uh, I think he's going to bring toughness back to that defensive side of the ball. Oklahoma has enough perimeter speed and Dylan Gabriel at quarterback to put the Sooners in the Big 12 chase and possibly a college football berth. At number three, no surprise, the Georgia Bulldogs. The defending national champs have much of the offense back while it patches up open spots on that ferocious defense, all while the Bulldogs play a very winnable schedule. Now the big question, who is my number one? Am I going to go with Alabama like Aaron or someone else? My number two team, the Ohio State Buckeyes. The core of college football's number one offense is back. But the question is going to be how well Jim Knowles can repair the Buckeyes' sloppy defense that got pushed around last year by Michigan and even, someone would say, Utah. Of course, no surprise here, number one, Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama has an elite roster, which includes several key transfers that Aaron just uh, mentioned earlier. They are loaded and should go from start to finish as the number one team. If you are enjoying our podcast and want to donate, please find the donation link in our show notes. Any donation, no matter how small, 
will make a big difference in helping us bring you better quality podcast shows. Welcome back to the Will and Aaron Show. It's time to reveal our top five Notre Dame games we are looking forward to watching the most this season. I'll reveal my top five list, and then Will will reveal his list after. All right, so coming in number five, I put Cal. I think this could be a more interesting game that than I'm assuming ND fans, college football fans in general think. I mean, it's a game before UNC. I don't know if it's, if we would call it a trap game, but maybe a game that Cal will get up for. And the Cal Bears added former Purdue quarterback Jack Plummer from the transfer portal. And if you recall, he played pretty decent against Notre Dame in 2021. Obviously different teams and context, but I'm really going to but am I really gonna put Marshall, UNLV, a weaker Stanford, Syracuse, or even Boston College in my top five? I think I'm just at a point where I'd rather see them play one of the Indianapolis high school teams or maybe even join a Big Ten conference. Number four, BYU. They are ranked as of the preseason. They could still be ranked when they meet in Las Vegas for the Shamrock Series game. Their offense seems efficient on paper, if not potentially explosive at times, led by quarterback Jaron Hall who threw for over 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, and only five picks a season ago. Their defense wasn't good last year and probably it looks like average at best on paper this year. Who knows, maybe Notre Dame can build some confidence in the passing game in Week 5. Number three, USC, a game that maybe should be higher, but it's tough to put it higher. I think both teams should hopefully be in a groove by the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see those these programs with new coaches, new edge to the rivalry. And that moves me to number two game, and that's Clemson. If both teams can be like one one loss or if Clemson's undefeated at that time, what a game this could be. Huge implications for the college football playoff. And that brings me to my top game where they travel to the team from Ohio. Not super optimistic that ND can win. I almost wanted to put it fifth on my list, but I do also want to see this game, of course. It's a great way to kick off the year. And maybe like when my daughter watches a Disney movie, you know, the scary part, she likes to cover her eyes, you know, but she won't let me change the channel. I'll probably act like that. Can Notre Dame control the ball and keep their offense off the field? That's a question I have. Can the Irish secondary slow down the Buckeyes' wideouts? You know, can they hang with a team like this early in the season? All questions that I hope we'll get some answers to. All right, so that's Aaron's top five Notre Dame games he is most looking forward to. And, yes, Aaron, we're going to find out those answers real soon this Saturday. My top five teams I'm most looking forward to Notre Dame playing. Now, I do want to mention that on the Will and Aaron show uh, social media, we ran a poll uh, last week, and we asked our viewers which Notre Dame football opponent are they most excited to watch. Of course, overwhelmingly, about 68% said Ohio State. Surprisingly, second place was BYU with like 19%. My fifth team, 
that I am most looking forward to. It'll be uh, an away game on September 24, where Notre Dame travels to North Carolina to play the Tar Heels. This will probably be an afternoon game. Tar Heels are talented, well-coached. Uh, could potentially cause some problems for, for the Irish at home. Uh, I just watched the, their uh, true freshman quarterback throw five touchdowns in week zero, so he looks promising. Notre Dame could be 2-1 and one heading into this game and needing a big win before they head west to Las Vegas. This, to me, is a must-win for Notre Dame playoff aspirations. You know, Aaron, I was tempted to choose Boston College as the fifth game, the tradition Boston College and Notre Dame has, and the storyline with former Notre Dame quarterback Phil Jerkovich leading the Eagles. But ultimately, I think in North Carolina is and will be the bigger game. My fourth Notre Dame football game I'm most looking forward to watching. This game will occur on October the 8th, and yes, it is the Shamrock Series at Las Vegas where they will face the BYU Cougars. This will be a night game, so primetime TV. BYU will likely be 3-2 and two going into this game and very hungry for a win. Although it's a home game for Notre Dame, there will be plenty of B, uh, BYU fans there. Luckily for the Irish, they have a bye week prior to this game, so they should be fresh and healthy and ready to go. Two of the biggest independent school uh, brands out there, you know, I just really like this matchup. This is a, a, just a great game uh, for college football. My third learning football game I'm most looking forward to watching, and that would be the USC Trojan game on November 26th in Southern Cal. Uh, likely a night game. Probably going to be a top 25 showdown. The momentum is back with the Trojans, and this will be a sold-out loud road test for the Irish. Notre Dame is likely at this point out of the college football playoff, so this game likely has New Year's Six Bowl game implications. Uh, there are fewer things better than when both the Irish and the Trojans are good at the same time and play each other. It's just a great game. Number two for me it has to be on November 5th when the Clemson Tigers come to town to South Bend, Indiana. This will be a primetime game, likely a top 25 uh, matchup. Now, Notre Dame fans have good memories of when Clemson came to Notre Dame Stadium last time. Uh, by now, I think the Notre Dame offense will be better, so I can see this game being competitive. A huge showdown with possible playoff implications. And, of course, no surprise there, my number one game I'm most looking forward to watching is the game this Saturday at... Ohio State. Primetime TV. All college football eyes will be glued to this game. And as you mentioned, the big question is, can Notre Dame's offense keep up with Ohio State? I like Coach Freeman. He's young. Uh, his first real game in the, in the horseshoe, uh, under the bright lights, the country watching, Against one of the best offenses in the uh, in the nation, 
Uh, Aaron, that's a tall task for anyone, let alone a first-year head coach in Marcus Freeman. To me, just keep this game close. I'll be happy with a, a, a one-touchdown or two-touchdown uh, loss. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Will and Aaron Show. Tune in next week as Aaron and I recap week three of local high school football, preview week four big local football games, reveal our NFL top five teams, and preview the Indianapolis Colts and the Chicago Bears. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. That helps us grow the show. Also, follow the Will and Aaron Show on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube for updates. You can find our podcast links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Signing off from the Will and Aaron Show.